0: I like how, how he uh, said,
1: hey guys, and Kate replied, I'm and then he I'm said, the hey man.
0: Hey man. <laughs> hey, gentlemen
2: and lady. What is up? It is the new week. Welcome, everyone. This is the Monday after San Diego Comic-Con Game of Owns episode.
0: Mm-hmm. Post SDCC. How are you guys? Great. You know who I miss, though? I miss Zach.
2: I, I do miss Zach, and Zach is traveling because oh, no. he was there on site at San Diego Comic-Con. He was. Yep.
1: He was getting uh a beverage or two with uh the Red Viper. Mm. At least that's what I thought I saw on social media. <laughs>
0: yeah, I believe that is true. Um and I it sounds like the Red Viper uh, is c- uh, kind of a fan of of beers. Eric, I think you were talking about that, right?
2: There's a lot of video of him. It's kind of just as soon as um, Pedro flew in or just as soon as he arrived, they had him actually help out at the brewery Amagong beer event.
0: And they're the ones who do all of the themed Game of Thrones beers. Is that correct?
2: Yes. Got yes, it. and we had them. We actually had uh, we interviewed the the head brewmaster. I think that was his title, or it was like mix mix master mix mixology. <laughs> mix master just a, just before the season started, yeah, mix master sounds cool. The brewmaster. No, we actually had um, brewery Amagong on the show um, a little like just before you joined us, Kate, and it was a really exciting episode for for kind of learning how they brew all this stuff. But the beer that they premiered is actually the fourth. So it's the fourth beer, the fourth thrones themed beer, and it's a double ale, uh, called Valor Morgulis.
0: Cool. I love it. Um there's now there's a rogue beer that is this is a little off off topic, but I promise it's it's coming back. Now no, 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 it's back. beer. There's a rogue beer that is called beard beer that is supposedly um they Eric harvested. needs that. Does Are that they? make you grow a beard? <laughs> Probably, let me tell you how they make it. They harvested yeast from the the head brewmaster's beard and then they cultivated <laughs> that yeast and then they brewed beer from it um and I think that that the next logical step is for this this game of Thrones themed uh beer line to have some of George R. R. Martin's beard yeast. Mm cultivated. I mean and who turned would not beer. want that? Ah uh, yeast. I don't listen, I love George Martin. I don't think I want to drink his beard Yeah, yeast.
1: that's that's a little much.
0: Game of Phones. Welcome to Game of Phones, everyone.
1: Yes, uh, we are a Game of Thrones podcast <laughs> we are. Uh, that focuses we are. very closely on the facial hair of the author of the series. I am... isn't, isn't that the next
2: step in the Game of Thrones experience, guys? Isn't that like once you reach Ooh, a certain yeah. level you you can drink beer made from the yeast of George's beard. If we have
0: 3D TV, maybe that's 4D.
2: <laughs> well, uh, oh God, where to go from that?
0: I realize we never introduce ourselves on this podcast. <laughs> we never do. We just assume that everybody's our best friend and they've heard us all before. Uh,
2: well, 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 that's that's easy enough to do uh, to re- to remedy. Um, Kate, why don't you go first? <laughs> you Damn
0: spoiled it. it Eric. Really spoiled the surprise. I'm Kate. The one, the one with the deep, velvety voice is not Kate. Surprise. It's not
2: me either. I'm Micah. That's Micah. That's Micah, and I'm Eric. And we're talking about this beer still for just a little bit longer because I don't think we'll be able to taste it until the fall. But, of Ooh. course, it's it's every beer, they were saying, Kate, um, every beer is themed to match the upcoming season, Ooh. like an overarching idea. Mm-hmm. Um, so with Valor Mergulis. You can only wonder, you know, what kind of how that will play into season five, which will air. I mean, not next, not this fall, unfortunately, but the spring thereafter. Well, it
0: seems uh, since Velar Morghulis means all men must die and the show has left so few characters alive at this point, um, I'm sure that it'll continue in that same fashion. One thing that has been confirmed for season five that we were reading about uh, that came out of San Diego Comic-Con is uh, a much heavier focus on Dorne, and it sounds like we're going to be actually getting to visit there, Dorne, of course, being uh, the country of origin of um, the Red Viper himself.
2: Yeah, this was really exciting. Watching, uh, there was a Season 5 casting video, and I believe they've done this in previous seasons as well or before, where they have different actors who are new to the show just basically introduce themselves and the characters in a short clip video. Mm -hmm. And if you look at this video, it's only two minutes long, like 80% of the characters are either Sans or Martel.
0: Yeah, and the uh the Sans are I don't know, I don't know how spoilery this is, but uh, the the young women who introduce themselves as Sans um are all Oberon's daughters. Yeah. And they're they're known in the books as the Sand Snakes and they are some cool <laughs> cool characters. <laughs> The sand snakes. Um, yeah, they all of those women have incredibly cool roles ahead of them. So I'm super excited. And it's another, funny. go ahead, Micah.
1: It, it's funny though, just real quick, that you mentioned is possibly being spoiler territory because I was watching my local news, like really, really local, not even you know New York metro local. I'm talking Long Island local, <laughs> like your
2: neighborhood news. Uh-huh. Yeah,
1: and they, <laughs> and they mentioned how the the new cast uh, was revealed at San Diego Comic Con for season five, or at least. You know, some of the cast, of course, there'll be more casting right. news uh, as time goes on. However, they mentioned uh, the the sand uh, snakes that you just mentioned mm-hmm. and that they were the daughters okay. of Oprah and Martel. Okay, I don't <laughs> so, feel so bad. Well,
2: so, so, so everyone in Long Island is spoiled. may as well spoil the rest of the world. Well, I mean, speaking of the sand uh, ladies having a lot to do, one of the actresses, Rosabelle uh, Sellers, is actually brought her daggers with her to this video. Cute. which Yeah. <laughs> it's it's really cute. And everybody says, it's it's almost become repetitive, but, but everybody on the show, both the actors who already are and the actors in this video are just saying, this is such a phenomenon. It's everybody's dream to be doing this. Right? And we are so thrilled to be doing That's this.
0: That's one thing that I really enjoy about watching this casting video. And you guys should, if you haven't seen it, definitely go check it out on YouTube. It's fantastic. But... You get this sense of excitement. You feel it. Can you imagine just, like, showing up to – like, getting a, getting a phone call after an audition and finding out that you're on Game of Thrones? Like, who do you – who's the first person you call after that? Like, oh, my – I don't oh, even know. Oh, my gosh. I'm, I'm going to yeah. be on Game of Thrones as a major character. You are? I would just <laughs> pee myself. Well, I'm not – if <laughs> you pee yourself. Yeah, well, they don't, they don't, they don't have a don't lot you don't want r- anybody around
1: them when you find <laughs> out.
0: <laughs> it's on the phone. They can't tell. Um, oh, that's true. Yeah. I've tested uh, this. But they,
1: you're right. The the excitement level is so palpable when you watch this video. And yes. It's interesting to also see the locations that these videos are being filmed in. And I don't know if this was done intentionally, but just right off the bat uh, with Doran Martell, mm-hmm. um, who is played by Alexander Sidig. Hopefully, I'm yes. pronouncing his name right. right. But he's, it looks like he's in an airplane.
0: <laughs> yeah, he might be sitting in an airport. I think they were just like, "Hey, we're gonna do a casting montage. Any of the new characters yeah. who want to just do a thirty-second video about how excited you are." That or be maybe great. it's
1: a train. I'm I'm not sure exactly, but he's definitely uh,
0: he's traveling. Yeah, he's traveling, and yeah.
1: it's just
2: now now that actor is he's like the only uh, well, there's two actors that I know previously from previous things, and Alexander Siddig was on apparently every season of Star Trek: Deep Space Nine which, if you watch that, he plays, uh, I believe, Dr. Julian Bashir. That's the one Star Trek I haven't seen nearly any of yet, but he was also in Season 6 of 24 um, as a character called Ahamri al-Assad, and uh, it's kind of a a hero's role for him, not to give too much away, but uh, he was really great in that show. And so right up when he's the first person on the video, I was like, wait a minute. I know that guy. This is going to be awesome. Because as much as we love to see new talent on this show uh, really perform, you know, extremely well above expectations and I- excite us, it's also just as exciting to see that the, it's not necessarily an exclusive club, you know, mm-hmm. like I of new of, you know, sort of new people or people you weren't wouldn't have been familiar with before. Um, So, like, I had known Charles Dance from one thing before I saw him on Thrones, and I was like, oh, it's that guy. And sure enough, Alexander Zedig, and – should we get into this real quick? Yeah, Uh, keep going. The final guy introduced in the video, Jonathan Price. Yeah,
0: big deal. Big deal. That guy is huge. And he is going to be such an amazing – he's such a – he carries this in every single role he's ever been in. He has such great – gravitas i think we've used that word to describe charles dance's performance as well but jonathan price mm-hmm. whenever he speaks it's just with this with a, such articulation and such like that each word feels very heavy and uh almost overly dramatic and his role <laughs> is uh is for the role of high sparrow which without getting into we right we were just talking about this before the show and i i actually was the one i was like who the F is the High Sparrow? Totally, totally <laughs> this, is, this,
2: is the, this is the worst experience ever, being on here, not reading the books, going to Kate, who's read the books, and going, who's the High Sparrow? And she's well, like, you know, I don't really know. In all
1: fairness, though, I do the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Because once That's you get a, yeah. into this territory with the Martells uh, and a lot of the other characters, as you, you know, bring Dorne into the world as well as uh, really move into book four and book five, things get a little hazy for me. Things get a little blurry. And so I need to do my due diligence and begin to read a feast for crows again, the dance with dragons again, because there are a lot of characters now that are going to start to come into play. And I'm going to look similar to what Kate did and, and say, wait a second. Cause, cause I think Eric, you actually texted me about somebody as well. Uh, Dark Star, right? Yeah. And, and I said, no, "Dark Star" is like the nickname of of the uh, that we gave the tech guy at the old company that I used to work for. I don't. I'm like, how the hell do you know who Dark Star is? So I had to go back, and, and you know, people who are listening to the show now might, you know, have uh, a little bit to say about that. But at the same time, you know, there's so many characters in this world, and we spend so much time now focused on the the early half of the series because we've we've read. You know, started reading the third book, and we spent so much time on the the first and the second book, and and really where the series has gone on TV that we haven't really had the opportunity to spend time with any of these other characters until now, and right. here they are being introduced. And another big reveal uh, that was somewhat confirmed earlier on was is that Marcella Baratheon uh, has changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's aged a little bit. The seems. recast. Mm-hmm. Uh, she has. I mean, just recast. slightly.
2: I, I think they keep they kept this casting pretty close, you know, closely looking as they, as they could. They just needed somebody, I guess, older. What I think it was Brian on his episode uh may have commented on that um, just needing someone slightly older just well, he, for the role. I, I, I mean with that, Tommen, that Tommen, probably. Yeah. With Tom and. Yeah, yeah, just just getting somebody older just in general so that whatever they put her through and I have no idea what they're going to put Marcella through, she's like in enemy territory. Or just you
1: wait. Yeah. You
2: would think that she's not all that safe. Um, but except for Oberyn's words to Cersei in the season where he's like, we take care of our POWs. Right. Little girls yeah, are we, safe. We take indoor. care of her.
0: And Cersei's like, little yeah. girls aren't safe anywhere. I think, Micah, getting back to what you were saying, I wanted to remark too, Feast and Dance are two books that I will admit I've only read them once. Uh, I read all, all three of the first books countless times, but then when Feast came out, I read it once, Dance came out, I read it once, and then that's it. So... They, I at this point, and I've said this before. I may as well have never read them. Like I know, I know who the Sand Snakes are, and I I have the barest recollection of major plot points. But you know
1: what happens exactly. You know how the story unfolds, but character-wise, you may be a little bit hazy on some uh, on some details. And you know what? That's okay. Yeah, I think that makes us all human.
0: Yeah, we're all human, man. We're all in this together. (laughs) But yeah, so Jonathan (laughs) Price for the High Sparrow. Um, getting back to this, all this news is huge. Just such a great get. I, I love, I loved him since. I think I, the first time I saw him was in Evita back in the nineties and Ooh. he played, oh, he was so good. He was a go- general Peron and he was just like, he's got an incredible singing voice. Uh, he's just, he's, that's he's good. Fantastic.
2: You know, he was, well, he was, a, he was, uh, what I know him from the most, uh, he was a Bond villain in Tomorrow Never Dies. Mm. He played Elliot Carver. Um, really good role. And again, as you say, slightly overacted yeah. in a good yeah. way, you Very, know, in sort of a captivating, he's like well, he's a Bond dramatic. villain. He's trying yes. to, yeah. he's trying to start World War three or something like that. Right. Um, but we had, a, a, obviously, a Bond actress, a Bond girl, Diana Rigg, the only woman who James Bond ever married, um, you know, as as the Queen of Thorns. And now we have Jonathan Price joining the show as as this character, High Sparrow. So that's exciting. Mm-hmm. But speaking of Dorn, real quickly, there was an Entertainment Weekly uh, video. They were all at, like, a bench. It was David and Dan. It was, um, uh, who else? It was uh, Nikolai. It was Pedro. And uh, the actress is Gwendo- Gwendolyn. Um, were all at uh, a table for Entertainment Weekly, and they were talking about this, and David and Dan said uh, something that I didn't know, of course, not uh, having been introduced to Dorn yet in the books. Dorn is as far south as south goes, mm-hmm. apparently. So uh, they said in season five, you get to meet Oberyn's daughters, three daughters with three different women. He was a bit of a scoundrel, is what they say. Surprise! Um, but, yeah, yeah, hey. really. I really um, shocked. But, uh... No, definitely not but shocking. Three, but three what, of his
1: daughters, right? We have Nymeria, yeah, uh, which name should be familiar. Mm-hmm. Um, comes up a uh, lot in the yes. series. Uh, we yes, yes. Have... Didn't
2: didn't didn't Arya pick that name up in in Hogwarts of History or something? She just <laughs> decided to name her pet that. Uh,
1: pretty much, yes. Um, and uh, uh, Tyene Sand, and then um, Obara. Obara Sand. So. Uh in the books, though, there are seven, correct, seven daughters, oh, yeah,
0: yeah, he's got way more than that, even, but the sand snakes are like his three or four, I think super ferocious daughters,
1: yeah, okay. they're not gonna be okay. too well, happy uh that their father has been killed
2: uh, he did that to himself, but yeah <laughs> I know, but uh really, though, the interesting thing, David and Dan continue uh to say that season five is probably the last season where the world continues to expand. Um, And they say, before we're at the halfway point and everything starts to contract and goes to shit, is what they say. (laughs) So things are going down. I mean, things have been going downhill for certain characters since season one, season two. Obviously, the Starks, perfect example, and Stannis in season two with Blackwater. But um, really interesting to to think that we're reaching the end of sort of the the places that we're ever going to visit on the show.
0: Well, yeah, and I think that if you look at a map of Westeros especially – you will see that we have now, with the addition of Doran, covered basically every major part um, we've we've at least visited in mm. in the the span of the show. I think uh, potentially George Storms Storms End. We haven't spent a whole lot of time at Storms End. That's where Renly mm. was stationed, um, right? And so. Uh that's kind of like the only area that we haven't seen a lot of, but yeah if you go if you go look at a map, you'll see that like we've you'll you'll recognize even just people who've been watching the show or reading up um in the books with us. you'll see that you recognize most everywhere that you would see on the map as far as across the narrow sea um I think that we there's a lot there's there's a lot <laughs> there's a lot of stuff over there um but i I would be surprised if we went past. What we've already seen, because we, especially with Danny and her Kalazar, we saw so so yeah. much geography as they were. They got around
2: coverage. the the the, the um their miles they on their uh, rewards, their frequent <laughs> that their cow. frequent rewards points are, are very very high.
0: Yeah, um, so I, I think we'll probably I would I would expect that we would stick to um to the places where Danny is Marine and and similar places, and uh, Bravos would be the the most Ooh. that we'll see across the country. that's
2: true there may have been yeah you're right there are places that have already been introduced but we don't spend all that much time right. there like bravos um for instance uh where i think aria might be headed and mm-hmm. all that stuff so yeah, and it, the slaver's
1: bay package don't forget about that if right. you're uh, yes in the slaver's vacation. bay
2: package so so um, and eventually you'd think that danny has to come west again um well that's, so, that's, so that's, sure that's the point the
0: goal you would hope yeah
2: yeah, I mean, yeah. So it'll be the same places we've already seen, but with dragons hovering over them. So that would be pretty would think. cool, uh,
0: right?
1: But there are other characters. Let's keep in mind. Uh, we left yes uh, season four with uh, two character, well, three if you count Varys as well. Uh, three characters on a boat headed somewhere, uh, mm-hmm. possibly to the same place, possibly to uh, different locations, and uh, certain story arcs. We would assume um, would. Pan out uh, in the east, and where in the east uh, is yet to be determined, but uh, I'm sure we will see more of the different cities out there uh, than we have in previous seasons. Mm-hmm. Hope so. Though, so, depends. Ba- based on what. Uh, well, De- uh, David and Dan were probably referring specifically to Westeros, right? Mm-hmm. Not necessarily uh, to seeing new locations out east.
0: I don't know. It's it's a it's can't, pretty. It's can't those like guys clear. just come on the show already? I know, <laughs> David Dan. I know. It's not we're like we don't have anything to do. Just uh, come I, talk Yeah. To us. So speaking no. of season five and David and Dan, um, one of the other bits of news that came out of San Diego was that George has uh, announced that he's not going to be writing an episode for the first time in season five. He's written one episode per season so far, uh, which has always been surprising to me because writing an episode of a show is. No small potatoes. That's a that's a considerable amount of work. Um, and he's got so much other stuff to do, mostly involving writing the the next book in the series, which everybody's really excited about, um, to say the least. I think that might be the understatement of the year. So having the whole season off this time, he said he might not even be able to do a set visit, which is, uh, I'm sure, a big disappointment for the the new cast members that are joining. But it is nice to know that his main focus for the for the next coming year will be um, Winds of Winter. I'm very, very excited to hear that.
2: I, I read this, and I knew, and I think we should all be excited for this, because it does mean that he's uh, hunkering down and really making it happen. Yeah. Um, hopeful, hope, so hopefully, by the time the next season ends, we should have, hopefully, maybe even a, a publication date in, in store for, for the next book. Um <laughs>
0: I won't be mad about that, but as a long time, uh, game of Thrones fan, I will also not be holding my breath. I have no, I, I, I actually have a lot of bones to pick with people who criticize George for taking too long because mm-hmm. frankly, it's his stuff. And we, as fans have literally no right, uh, to say one, what he should or should not do. And it's so interesting we, ha- we to have bring no- this up. Yeah.
1: Well, because I think, it, well, number one, um, This is what a lot of our panel at um, LeakyCon coming up in Orlando is going to focus on, this discussion uh, in particular. So um, we won't get into it too much, but uh, we agree. Well, I won't speak for both of us here, but I definitely agree with what you're saying. And we talked a little bit about it on the last episode, too, when uh, George had that reaction to the reporter uh, who uh, asked him the question (laughs) about uh, his mortality, basically, and uh, his response to the people who are constantly... Worried about his health uh, right. and his ability to live uh, to write all seven books was uh, to basically fuck off, uh, mm-hmm. and he he used uh, at least that f word. I'm not sure the 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 exact. Uh, <laughs> was it off for you? The, sen- the <laughs>
0: sentiment is pretty clear.
1: Yeah, I mean. Yeah, and, and so I, I I'm in a hundred percent agreement with you. We we even talked a little bit about how J.K. Rowling herself was. Felt uh, pressured uh, to write in certain circumstances, just because there was that need to keep up with uh, the movies. And- yeah,
2: and and at least in in at least in Rowling's opinion, it made for a worse book with Goblet of Fire. I think Goblet of Fire is fine, but she doesn't. Right, and that's kind of the one thing where you know. So to just transferring it back over to Thrones, you know, if if Martin feels that he needs more time, he needs more time. But knowing that he's still taking off and, you know, not even possibly visiting the set shows that he is taking it seriously. And I think even the people who are criticizing him will say, Oh, that's good. Yeah, you know, yeah. kind of and I, in any way, I think
0: I'm not going to be yeah. at the, at leaky, um, this this coming weekend and i'm very
2: oh darn we we're gonna say that sad heartbreaking <laughs> announcement for the oh end. okay well, i can't now you've broken everybody's Spoiler. heart how will they continue sorry please continue <laughs> listening to this episode
0: don't throw your computer out the window i'm sure everybody's really sad um <laughs> no. but i wanted to because i will not be at the panel i wanted to make one point about this which was there's a there's an old i think it's like a five-year-old um blog post from neil gaiman where he talks about this very thing fan entitlement and you should totally go look it up it's it's fantastic but the quote that i want to pull out of that is that george r, r. martin is not your bitch and that is like <laughs> that is that is the one the one thing i always tell people who are getting mad about it who get all uppity he's not your bitch he doesn't owe you a mm-hmm. thing he could stop writing these just because he wanted to stop and it wouldn't like you have no control over that <laughs> Like you, you can't do anything about it so just calm down read and mm-hmm. read another book Anyway, let's let's move back to San Diego Comic Con. Yeah.
1: yeah,
2: San Diego So that was uh, I think it was in an interview with Vulture, and then people asked him at Comic Con uh, about it. And yes, he do, he is in fact not writing an episode of season five. So that's and, that's uh, good. Yeah. Um, so what
1: was mentioned actually during the the larger panel that they had at Comic Con uh, by I think it was David was that it will be five directors each with two episodes.
0: Okay. Ooh. And who who I, those are, I, I don't know. I think they announced the directors for season five. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> and it's it looks like they're mostly folks who've directed before, with maybe one new addition whose whose name escapes me. Um, but the the lineup looks really solid. It looks it looks like a great crew.
2: That'll be really cool. I know it was a lot of fun this season doing uh, Cogman's two episodes, for which were I think four and six, right? Um, and just I finding think he the parallel. He was
1: writing two for the upcoming season as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, I think
2: so. Uh, well, that's obviously writing instead of directing. I don't want to confuse the two, but at the same time, uh, seeing the directors trying to find parallels between each of their episodes will be a fun little in-season game uh, to play. <laughs> I think, I'm pretty for... sure they
0: communicate. <laughs> I think they <laughs> arrange all this ahead of time. It's just a guess, though. So. Yeah. No, I don't know. But,
2: uh,
1: uh, but there were uh, quite a few interesting questions that were thrown out. Uh, during the uh, the Game of Thrones panel, and it was quite uh, the panel, by the way. First of all, it was moderated by one of my favorite comedians, Craig Ferguson, uh, which, oh, who oh, I wow. had no idea was such a Game of Thrones fan, but uh, I thought it was cool how they were able to uh, pu- actually just put George on the panel because I feel like in the past he's been the moderator Uh, With all the actors, uh, but to take somebody who was able to keep things extremely uh, funny and lighthearted throughout the course of the hour in Craig Ferguson. uh, Whoever came up with that idea uh, should receive a raise of uh, (laughs) at least, uh, I don't know. I don't know who's responsible, but I saw um, they had uh, some interesting moderators. Stephen Colbert, right, uh, moderated a panel as well. Yeah, Um, the 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 Hobbit panel. Oh, that makes sense. Yes, a lot. Yeah, yeah, some really (laughs) because he's a Hobbit, right?
0: (laughs) He's he plays a human, I believe. He's in a he's one of the human villages, but he is in the Hobbit. Oh, really? Yeah, (laughs) yeah, Yeah. he has an eye uh, patch. God.
1: So you're saying that's Craig funny. Ferguson very well may appear in season five of Game of Thrones.
0: I would not be upset about that. I wanted to, by the way, we were talking about the casting. I really love one thing that they do, which is that they, they cast relative unknowns for so many roles. Because, mm-hmm. all right, I have a confession about the video game that's coming out called Destiny, which is the new Bungie game. Bungie is famous for making um, the most of the Halo games, uh, with the exception of Halo 4. And they got, they sort of broke free of their Halo contract, and they they have been working on this giant, massive game called Destiny, and it's been in open beta. And the person who does all of the voiceover narration with for your AI, which is always kind of on you, is Peter Dinklage. So um, that's very cool, right? In in theory, what happens yeah. is though, because he's now so incredibly well known to me, it's. Distracting the, the the sound the sound of his voice every time he talks I'm like oh Peter Dinklage is just talking to me that's, that's pretty cool but it's it's definitely like for for an immersive sci-fi experience it's really weird so how that relates Um if if they were to cast I don't know Johnny Depp in a role or something I feel like all you would see is like oh Johnny Depp's in this this is crazy this it's is Captain really cool Jeff Sparrow. Yeah, yeah exactly you you kind of they they bring with them. The, the, for lack of a better word, the baggage from their previous roles, um, very few actors have the ability, in my opinion, to sort of camouflage themselves from role to role. You just see the, the movie star. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, unfortunately... Sean Bean can do that. Sean Bean did a great job, although I think they cast him on purpose, which is like, the, because his profile was so huge... And it was huge, season one, too. And it was season one, yeah. it was that much more of a surprise that, that they killed him.
1: And um, he wants to come back. I mean, that's another huge story, by the way, that um, he... I thought that was a rumor.
0: Did he actually say no, that? No, he...
1: I believe he said that, yeah. He would... Yeah. Most of these, Most of these actors or actresses would love to come back, uh, at least from the sound. Right. Range.
0: Just shave his beard and cast him as a new <laughs> character. Who's going to know? The,
1: <laughs> if they were willing to do flashbacks, then he could definitely come back.
2: Oh, that's true. Oh, immediately. That's true. Yeah, immediately. Well, uh, you know, you're talking about... Um, people now recognizing peter dinklage and i wanted to bring up uh, access hollywood spoke with Maisie williams they actually talked to her a lot about the queen's visit to the set which is a great story i won't spoil it listen to Maisie tell it the video is on a recap on winner is coming.net but um she did say that it's it's really exciting to be 17 and to have all this figured out and to be on this show and she said uh she feels that she's peaked early so i i hope that's (laughs) certainly not the case i certainly hope that uh I, I hope that she finds a lot of work after the series, it, you know, eventually ends. Um, but at the same time,
1: um, again, it goes... Is there a tie to Peter Dinklage coming well, here?
2: Well, the, the tie is that uh, Peter Dinklage is now a household name. And, sure. you know, we're oh, not going to be... Kate that, can't play her video game without hearing right. Tyrion. I
0: can't play my video game. These, <laughs> this show is transforming all of these rel- relative unknowns into stars, I think is, is what Eric is trying to say. Well,
1: and and Maisie was trying to elevate her profile at Comic-Con by running around in a Spider-Man uh, <laughs> mask uh, much like quite a few other uh, celebrities yeah. throughout the course of the weekend that's uh, awesome but you know it's interesting that you should bring up Maisie though because she was asked a question during the panel uh about Arya and who she believes Arya is at this point is she still part Stark uh the girl that we've you know seen in the first couple of seasons or is she become more of this assassin uh, as she heads off uh, to Bravos? You know, she's h- had uh, quite a few kills under her belt, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, especially in the last season. And her response simply was, "I am nothing."
0: Ooh. Yeah, she said something. Or she said, said something, she is, something she is e-
2: equally cryptic. She is nothing. Equally cryptic. She this was know. even worse, if not. Um, Access Hollywood, same same interview as before. She's talking about the Queen. The woman at the and end. George chuckled, by the, the woom-
1: uh What's mm-hmm. that? George gave a little chuckle because he was sitting next to her. So.
2: Oh, gosh. Well, uh, <laughs> he,
0: would, he would like so that. So in this
2: video, again, after talking about the Queen, after talking about peaking in life, she said uh the, the woman asked her um, for a, a preview. Of course, it's season five. She's like, can you give us a, a hint? And uh, she actually said, this is a quote, she becomes no one. And uh, that is a very similar quote to what you just quoted, Micah. So...
0: yeah.
1: It's... so Arya clearly uh is very much uh attentive to did I say Arya? I you meant did. to say Maisie. Uh is very much um into this character of Arya and I think that it'll make it even better uh for us as fans moving yeah. forward, especially given the cryptic nature of her responses, uh because she wouldn't just use those words uh in, in separate interviews if they didn't have some sort of meaning, but yeah. uh, what that all means, obviously, we'll have to. Oh, wait you know, pleasantly, there's
2: so much else out. going on that I'm not gonna try and you know focus <laughs> on it. Um,
1: yes, please don't uh, try and uh,
2: decipher it,
1: because uh, I know nothing. Yeah, uh,
2: no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be, I'm anything. gonna see you next week. I'm probably gonna ask you to spoil me. Just don't, just mm. don't do it. No, Resist.
1: No. So yeah, uh, don't um, do it, man.
0: Make it, make them it.
1: There were. There were a lot of good questions that that were asked and uh like i said the, the the panel was moderated by craig ferguson and and he didn't actually uh stick to too many uh traditional uh questions you know it wasn't just the normal fluff that you get from a lot of uh uh different panels and then uh, he really opened it up for for quite some time to the fans who were there and uh they had some uh some interesting things to ask they had some weird things to ask they were dressed in some weird clothing. Or, or not a lot of clothing at all. Uh, no. And, and I just encourage, um, you know, fans who are listening uh, to definitely, you know, even if maybe you don't have an hour, but definitely uh, skim through it. There was a great question coming off of what Jon Snow, um, Jon Snow. Uh, what, Kit, uh, Harrington? Kit Harrington? Kit Harington said in an interview um, about male nudity. And uh, he said that he would have to be very careful of how he answered that question with David and Dan sitting right at the end of the <laughs> And then uh, John Bradley stepped in and said, and to much applause, by the way, uh, talking about uh, the idea of, of him being naked on the show. Um, but he said, at least in that case, you would be able to get male nudity and then also um, up the number of boobs. Oh, Jesus. So... Well it's it's uh, that, fun to take yourself that's fun. Now, see I can't do I can't deliver that as well as he did, so I encourage you to go uh and watch it because it <laughs> Yeah. Is very, all these very funny. all
0: these videos are on winterscoming.net. We I think they I are. think they yeah. they accumulated all of them, they aggregate them for um, you to make it very convenient. True. And there was there's was one other video that um that was posted that is the season 4. I've never seen one of these before. So this is pretty cool. It was a season 4 blooper reel.
2: Oh gosh.
0: Which is so funny. When you come off of season 4 and it's it's kind of a, a, a miserable season. It's it's a lot of a lot of shit goes down. A lot of people are dying as I guess as is per usual for Game of Thrones, but season 4 in particular was was very, very intense, and a lot, lots of of somber moments, and then you watch the season four blooper reel, which is only about two minutes long. I highly recommend it. <laughs> I was sitting here just giggling to myself the entire time, and it was it's it's a, it's such a good video. There's such goofballs, even in the midst of these really heavy scenes, they're just cracking themselves up. Uh, of course. Um, the, so if you yeah, if you want a little mix of lightheartedness with your with your season four. Um, aftertaste, I I totally recommend. looking Yeah,
2: at. you know, of course, it ends very well with them uh, with Tyrion approaching the uh, the
1: trial
0: oh, stand. Just a fantastic, everybody, dance. amazing,
2: yeah,
1: very like wonderful stuff. We got a shortened version of that, right? We yeah, didn't, we hadn't seen the whole thing. And the yeah, whole thing was great. The whole thing sounds spectacular. like they're walking to some Christmas. It's song. what the
2: yeah. Wenceslas right? or Crispin's, 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 yep. Crispin's, yeah, yeah, Crispin's yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Maybe that's around the time of year they filmed it. I don't know.
2: Uh, possibly possibly but uh, um,
1: but my my own of that video goes to the torch uh, the, so, on, um, on
2: Pedro <laughs> Pedro <laughs> oh my foul. gosh the torch
0: it's real fire yeah I'm totally, yeah, totally he backed into it, it. Tyrion
2: was telling him. his like saying something <laughs> and he's just backing up into this torch and he not, like his shoulder hits it and it like falls like down a rung it doesn't fall like it falls at him and fortunately mm-hmm. I mean, you could be burned you could absolutely yeah. be caught fire too well
1: I actually have three top moments in this oh, video. Gosh. Um, <laughs> that was that was number 1. Uh-huh. Uh number 2 uh was uh when uh the, the Magner of Then right? When he gets, you know, <laughs> oh. when yes. he gets his axe <laughs>
0: But he stays in character as you he's know trying what? to pull it out.
2: I'm so glad it wasn't during the panorama. Wouldn't that have been so much worse if it was like oh that gosh. huge panorama they're going through all the different rooms and then he
1: – They'd have to reshoot
2: the Oh, my thing. gosh. During the but long take. He
0: did a great job trying to pull that thing off. Yeah. He was like, but- well, I could save this scene. I know it. <laughs> So excellent.
1: Another one of my favorites was uh, the White Walker who just falls off the roof. <laughs>
0: yes. during that
2: scene. It's so nice to see that scene taken down a rung because that's of course the added scene where the baby is is on the horse and it's just there with green screens. It's a horse standing. It's probably not even a big set. It's just you know a single green screen in front of him and one in the background. Um, but uh, okay, Micah, you forgot two or you didn't mention two. the first being uh, the man on top of the wall who's giving the battle cries. Is, is I'm forgetting.
0: That's dollar, uh, yeah, dollar. Dollar said
2: uh, that one. It is battle me cries, up. and the coat just upstages him. It just blocks his yeah. moneymaker, blocks his face because the wind is so strong and he can't say right. his lines. So that that was a top moment for me. And then Natalie Dormer. Actually, during the Purple Wedding, she's saying something up at the – she's giving a little speech, and immediately – like, I guess she knew that she was going to, like, mess up the line or something, but she just turns to to Joffrey um, real quickly and and sits down. It's just like, I'm done. Um, It's just so wondrous that they can go – back out of character like at any moment that we've ever seen on the show they could have been seconds or milliseconds away from just being themselves like it's weird how quickly uh natalie in particular pulled out of that role it was just she was delivering her line one moment and the next she was just done
1: with it yeah well you see the same thing with uh charles dance right at the very beginning yes like he's and giving the tywin glare throne. yeah yes. it's amazing they're in and out of character so quickly.
0: Well they can't remember their lines and they get all bashful. Because I I think we take for granted what a big deal it probably is to forget your line when that's really like fifty to seventy percent of, of your job. You. Yeah, there's there's everybody's just waiting for you to say something <laughs> and you just cannot remember. That's embarrassing. So like to be able to to have some grace about the fact that you're wasting everybody's time i not not that like I, that sounds really critical but but i mean been that that must be how that feels right oh, it's just yeah. like oh god this is what i'm this is what i'm here to yeah. do and i forgot what right. i was supposed to say i think my 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 actually my favorite one was lena hetty um when charles Dance asks her in in the character of ty when he gets the line right he, he's like when do you imagine this wedding, this wedding taking place, or something? And she gives him this like this very snobby Cersei stare. She's looking down her nose, and she's like, "I don't remember." <laughs> 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 she's so good. I have the sneaking suspicion that Lena Hedy might be like the funniest person in the entire awesome. cast. It yeah, is she possible. is. There's some funny, goofy faces from her I do in recommend this blooper reel.
1: Ha- have you ever uh, have you seen her skit on Jimmy Kimmel? Oh my god. Yeah, it reminded me. That moment reminded me a lot of her skit uh, with yeah. uh, when she's there, just sipping wine and, yeah. and drinking with him, and trading barbs back and forth. So, yeah. Uh, if people haven't seen that, I recommend it. Go on to just, uh, just go look at all YouTube, these videos, yeah. man, and uh, search for Jimmy Kimmel and you, you know, it's, it's really kind boring.
2: of wrapping up here. Uh, wrapping things up here, I think uh, Lena Hedy. Speaking of her, she got a lot of praise from Sophie Turner. Actually, this was during uh, Nerd HQ's panel, which was hosted by Zachary Levi. Um, Gwendolyn, I believe, was also on the panel. I think I think she was also on the panel. But it was a number of uh, actresses, including Sophie Turner. And in a question, they were asked sort of who, um, who they look up to uh, as uh, other women that they look up to. And Sophie Turner actually praised uh, Lena for quite some time. There's a great quote by her uh, about you know just that in her personal life she was going through some stuff but she'd always show up early and smash every scene and that that was just some really great praise to hear about lena um and again we get that sense that she's just uh, a, a funny funny person funny person to be around and seeing how much uh, sophie uh, praised her was was very um rewarding but it was very heartfelt
0: the first time I read this quote, I thought that it said that she showed up early and smashed every morning. <laughs> I was like, whoa. Yeah. I mean, that awesome. That could be a
1: transcribing thing. What better thing way to come to work. work? I know. I mean, I guess that's that she's how I playing, go to work every she's,
0: day. She's playing Cersei, so you might want to get a little little sauced uh, up. Mm-hmm.
1: So, uh, but I, I like this, though. I, 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 Comic-Con has now really established this trend for Game of Thrones where you you have the beer, you have the new cast reveal. You have the blooper reel, and you have this really large panel where you're able to get deep insight into a lot of what goes on throughout the course of the season and into a lot of these characters as well. Because you know you're 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 sitting there, you're watching, and and you see, um, you know Rory McCann and Gwendolyn Christie, you know, just having a hell of a time, just going back and forth with each other, talking about the scene where they were beating the crap out of <laughs> each other. Yeah. <laughs> It describing in detail the uh, the contraption <laughs> that was put on Gwendolyn, so that when Rory kicked her, <laughs> you know, it oh. it didn't. Well, it wasn't supposed to hurt, but who knows? It's a uh, guard. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So I mean, it's just <laughs> stuff like that, and it's funny because that's who they are, and that's how they interact with each other. Uh, and I think that you know, for fans who haven't seen this, definitely go check it out. And you know, if I can, I wanted to tie it all back because I know we were talking about earlier George R. R. Martin writing faster you know get the books done all this stuff that you know we don't really hey look the way that we look at it is the longer he takes the better because it means the more we can do this podcast oh, yeah. so yeah uh, he was asked a question about sort of the major differences that take place uh, in the uh, the books as opposed to uh, the tv show is specifically uh referring to um how things transpire with uh the hound and and brienne knowing that that scene does not at all take place uh in the books so uh his answer was interesting uh in that you know he compared it at first to um you know scarlet O'Hara and gone with the wind um and I, I forget the exact analogy but he tied it back to rob stark and he said you know um you know who really is Rob Stark is you know is Rob Stark uh the character who married this girl from Volantis in the TV show or is Rob Stark uh this guy who married uh, Jane Westerling uh, in the books and who never shows up at the red wedding and then he threw in a little nugget who appears in the prologue of the winds of winter <laughs> uh so you know uh, that was a nice little Tossed to book fans, but you know his point being is, you know, it's all about how you interpret it. You know, uh, in in the sense that you, know, you can have Rob Stark on TV, or you can have Rob Stark in the books, and you know the reality is at the end of the day that you know Rob Stark is neither of those persons because Rob Stark doesn't really exist. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it, maybe it's more impactful watching mm-hmm. it and 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 hearing it from him, but uh, I think. It, The point that he was trying to make is that these are two very different entities and you shouldn't try and cross the two of them up as much as we would love to see everything that goes on uh, in the books show up on the screen. It's near impossible. And um, David and Dan even talked about that a little bit, saying that, you know, the way that it was initially pitched to them uh, was for it to be um, a motion picture. And they came back and said, "No, we want it to be a TV series. So we want the ten hours mm-hmm. that's available to be able to showcase this. And even ten hours now, we look at it. Um, Twenty hours for for book three, but ten hours for book one, ten hours for book two, just still isn't enough. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy. Well,
2: I, you know, I think that leads really, in, really well into the topic we'll be discussing, as you said before uh, at LeakyCon. Um, actually, is it uh, at the time this airs? It's it's this Saturday." It's this week, is this panel that we're doing. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Saturday at 3 p.m. We, we've we mentioned this in previous episodes, um, but we will be at LeakyCon, which is a convention uh, set at the Orange County Convention Center in Orlando, Florida. And our particular Game of Owns panel will be happening at 3 p.m. on Saturday at the convention. Um, and we will be discussing the merits of or whether or not what is it? It's uh, the different different positions as to whether or not you need to read the books uh, of Game of Thrones. So.
1: Yeah, and I think a lot of what we've just talked about, um, you know, to your point, um, rolls into that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, clearly uh, LeakyCon is something that was born out of the Harry Potter series, the convention as a whole, but it's grown in to be more fandom-based so that it's not just focused on Potter, it's focused on pretty much uh, anything that, that fits within um, a fandom community. So I think that when you're looking at Game of Thrones, which is in itself supposed to be a seven, or Song of Ice and Fire is supposed to be a seven-part series, uh, and you look at something like Potter, which was a seven-part series, uh, and and also had a, a, a movie franchise that went along with it, Game of Thrones has a TV series. Right. How, does that, how do they compare to one another in terms of, uh, you know the fan base. Um, you know there's there's a very clear divide in the Game of Thrones community um, as it relates to the TV show and the book series. Some people um, are just happy enough to watching the TV show and do not want to pick up the book series. Others, however, are adamant about the books and hate when little details don't show up uh, in the TV and series. So it's going to be an interesting. And discussion. here
2: on the show, we are reading the book. Um, you know, as we go along, we're we're still in book three. Um, people, we had Jamie a Jamie chapter last week. The next chapter we'll be doing is Catelyn. We will be doing Catelyn next. You know, it'll be a lot easier um, after this week to get really into the third book. But I am excited, uh, at any rate, and. Just seeing the differences, again, San Diego Comic-Con this weekend, the actors and actresses were all giving their take, not just on, you know, what would happen in season five, but what did happen in season four. And, you know, something interesting real quick, I did want to bring this up and see what you guys thought. Sophie Turner was talking about Sansa at the very end of the season in her new dress, which she said was actually a pain for for her to wear. Mm -hmm. Um, But she said that when Baelish, um, you know, stops talking, stops what he's doing to watch her come down the stairs, that that was the power that Sansa has over him. And she speculated that Sansa as a character, you know, now that she knows Littlefinger's one, I guess, real Achilles heel, his real weakness, that she would begin to manipulate, would begin to play him kind of more. And that, that was, I thought, just really interesting um, to think about, that she knows Littlefinger's weakness. This guy who in this season has done so much, um, and she has the upper hand. Something in that little relationship I hadn't quite yeah. thought of yet. It's
1: to be seen what happens there, but uh, I think we all were able to pick up on that, uh, watching her in that moment as she walked down the stairs to be able to see that um, you know, Baelish, for as tactical as he has been, uh, might have a little bit of a weakness when it comes to her and it's going to be interesting now to see how she can use that uh to her advantage and she talked about it on the panel too how uh now she's been able to really shed the sansa that uh existed for so long in king's landing having to basically act uh to stay alive and and that's not who sansa really is so who she really is is going to be interesting to find out um next season and beyond
2: <laughs> she did say i believe this was in an ign interview that she loves being beat up in the show or loves uh she'd love to be doling out the punches but if not uh she enjoys working with the stunt uh team who she says are lovely in always getting sansa to be beat up she said those were her favorite scenes to film um, much like Gwendolyn and the, and uh Rory going on about <laughs> their fight scene, it's funny to see these actors talk about, you know, getting beat up and being in various states of disheveledness, uh, as as being some of their top scenes to, to
1: act. Yeah. So uh, that, but I that does it I think for uh our Comic Con coverage. We're definitely uh, you know, get Zach's feedback um once he uh is back. I know he is uh traveling along the highways and byways uh, back from San Diego. So um, I'm sure he's going to have a lot of cool stuff uh, to share with us.
0: Yeah, I can't wait to get his like first-person narrative of all of this. Um, he, We tried to reschedule this podcast to get some Zach time, but it sounds like he's not going to be home for a couple of days. And then he told me he has all of 16 hours at home before he leaves for LeakyCon So it's a little bit understandable, yeah, yeah. 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 But you guys should get your fill of Zach this weekend.
2: Yes, absolutely. We had to uh, get this episode out to you because it was such a busy weekend with all of the news that we recapped here and more. Um, Definitely check out WinterIsComing.net for more recaps, more interviews, and all of that wonderful, beautiful speculation as to all the little hints that. These guys dropped. Of course, we do want to remind you before the episode closes of our social media outlets. You know what, guys? Since I'm talking, why don't Micah? Why don't you take this? Why don't you tell them about our social media?
1: All right. Um, no, I was going to do something uh, that would that would have made you know what you normally do um, happen in like ten seconds. But I will. Uh, I'll spell it out a little bit more than that. Um, so you can uh, tweet at us, twitter.com/slash/gameofowns, and uh, leave us your owns of. San Diego Comic Con of the Blooper Reel Uh, let us know um, if you're excited about the new cast of characters that was revealed uh, for season 5 and um, we will share those of course um, on an upcoming episode Uh, you can also uh, send us your owns for the upcoming Catalan chapter uh, and we will definitely include those on our episode following um, Leaky Con. Uh you can also scroll on our wall facebook.com slash Owns. you can leave your owns uh, there as well uh, for the upcoming uh, Catalan chapter and feel free to leave us anything else you want uh, be may read it on the show and then there's contact at com where you can email us if you feel like uh, writing more than 140 characters and don't have Facebook then uh, email is your best bet and we do uh, share those from time to time as well uh, you can review us on iTunes, and uh, at some point we'll get to those reviews. Uh, they're they're piling up there. <laughs> I feel in our future that we will uh, have an episode where we can read a few of those out. But uh, for those of you who are going through Game of Thrones withdrawal and listen to us, there are probably many others out there that are going through withdrawal as well, and uh, iTunes is a great place uh, for those who listen to podcasts to be able to find us. So uh, if you leave us... Um, Five stars and some uh, nice comments, then uh, we're all good. If you don't leave us five stars, then um, iTunes automatically is removed from your computer. It's some weird virus. Um, they haven't fixed it oh, yet. They haven't Couple's fixed it yet? Weird. It, weird. No, no, I know. Um, well, it works to our yes, advantage. It is, it is the month of July um, where nothing less than five stars is acceptable. Um, there you go. So <laughs> there you have it. That's how uh, you can contact us. Uh, as Eric mentioned coming up on Saturday three o'clock right Yep. Uh, we will be at the Orange County Convention Center doing our second ever live game of Ooh. Owens. it's gonna be a cool discussion Kate we're so sorry exec, Kate myself we're so sorry yeah, Kate that yeah. you can't make it we're upset that you're not gonna be can there. you
0: guys record it uh
2: yeah I have a I have yeah. a feeling that'll be recorded okay I
1: think we can Excellent. manage
2: that we'll record it for you we'll get we'll get some uh, we'll get lots of people to give you their love oh, um okay that's yeah. that's great
0: and i will bottle I hope... it up and we'll send it to you <laughs> <laughs> um well i hope i hope the panel is very well attended and i hope anybody who goes tweets about it and um that you guys have a wonderful weekend in gorgeous orlando florida
2: of course we look forward to talking with you about the upcoming catlin chapter catlin. Which we prehashed before yeah yes one uh, chapter so, every three we weeks. Will, uh, <laughs> yes, no, we will,
1: and we will be addressing that on an upcoming episode. We probably are going to uh, have to increase our chapter analysis. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. We hope Bump to uh, even try to get this yeah. book done uh, before Season 5 starts.
2: Well, uh, I am excited as ever for Season 5 with all the San Diego Comic-Con stuff. And, of course, it's probably filming right now, so that's really exciting. Um, or shortly. Filming now or shortly, so can't wait. Can't wait to see more news. Hopefully, it won't be too spoilery but exciting all the time. So,
1: all right, well, this has been fun, guys.
0: Yeah, you guys have a great weekend.
1: And, uh, Kate, uh, don't forget, um, as you mentioned, we will mail you the love, um, that will be shared uh, for you okay. specifically great. at our show. Maybe um, we'll have a giant card.
0: Oh, yeah. that would be amazing. Like a really well, big, I, I
1: mean, I don't know, card. It depends, how, you know.
0: It, what if mind. What if the panel's like really sparsely attended? <laughs> then we're and gonna you guys make up names. Gigantic card. Yeah, you guys used to have to make up names. Be like, oh man, there were so names. many people. <sighs> they were really excited to sign this card.
1: We're just gonna We're just gonna go to a uh, Universal Studios <laughs> and pass them them to people. It's <laughs> <Just> random people. <laughs> That's
2: awesome. You won't know the difference. <laughs> yes. uh, All right. Goodbye, everybody.
1: Bye.